When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and they also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where I try to address some of the things that are happening today. There's so much happening, it's sometimes impossible to do. But today, we're reading a letter from a man in prison, St. Paul, writing to the Philippian church. A good word we might need at this beginning of Lent, and the failure of keeping all the promises we thought we could make. We also pray for all those in Ukraine today, all those that have power to make right decisions, to save lives. We pray for them. We pray for refugees and all those displaced by war. Amen. For me, the hard part of fasting is getting hungry. Um, I don't know if that's a surprise. The easy part is starting it, saying I'm going to do something. The hard part is when it's actually happening. Um, And the whole point of fasting, not the whole point, but one of the points, I think the reason every single, almost every single religious tradition in the world has always had something related to it or some form of it, is because you realize suddenly, instantly, how dependent we are on earthly things. Things like food, things like beer, things like all those things that we like, um, chocolate, how dependent we are on those things. To me, it's just a sudden and glaring realization that always kind of surprises me. It probably shouldn't, but it always does. That... um, and, and so part of the goal of Lent is to get us to have a few situations, maybe not a lot, but just a little bit, to realize how dependent we are on each other, how dependent we are on the human community for what we have and what we eat, what we drink, and also how dependent on God we are, that it doesn't take much for us to really question God's justice in the universe for even the little things of our lives. The classic story of Jonah always comes to mind. Jonah, who's witnessed the stopping of destruction of an entire city. And instead of being thankful about that and just basking in the glow of God's love and mercy, he becomes obsessed with this plant that has grown up to shade him from the sun. Which, you know, from this perspective and indoors, doesn't seem like a big deal, maybe. But for Jonah, it was. It was a huge source of comfort and stability, that gourd, that plant that grew up over him. And so when it withered, he became very angry. In fact, he became angrier about that plant than he did about all the people's lives who were about to be killed. And this is the thing that fasting gives us, that gift of perspective, to say, wow, I'm really suffering by not eating that chocolate bar. And then we can sort of expand that to say, my suffering, as great as it is, is really a small bit of suffering when it comes to all the suffering in the world. Fasting should show us our own failure to be consistent, our own failure to be perfect, our own failure to hit everything 100% of the time. And that is that puts us in a place where we can experience the love and grace of God and the love and grace of each other. There is nothing more soothing and, 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 uh, 
and comforting to know that even if you fail, even if there's hiccups along the way, that people care about you and love you and got your back and are going to be there for you and that God is there for us as well when we fail, when we stumble. Because as Paul writes from his prison cell, from his prison cell, he's writing this, um, he knows that um, all is rubbish so that he can gain Christ. That everything that we set up in our life to say, that will keep me safe, that will make my troubles go away, that will put me in a place where I don't have any more problems, whatever it is that we're asking or looking to, to do that with, will always fall and fail. Because everything is considered rubbish so that we may gain Christ. That doesn't mean that we don't enjoy things or live in things or use things. What it means is that we keep our perspective heavenly. And that's hard to do in a world that constantly drags us down to say, you need this to live. This is what you need to live. This is what you need to be happy. You need this amount of income. You need this amount of of stuff. You need this amount of leisure, this amount of this. And these are all expectations that someone else has put on us for what it means to be happy. Happiness comes from knowing Jesus. And that doesn't mean we don't enjoy things and have things. Um, it is really good to have comforts and enjoyments in life. What it means is that we keep that, try to keep that perspective as best we can as followers of Jesus. The word rubbish here is a four-letter word that I'm not allowed to say in the air. It's the word, uh, well, you can fill in the blanks yourself. Um, this is where, um, this is what Paul says is his own righteousness, his own striving to be perfect. And he certainly did try that for a long time. And maybe you've tried that for a time in your life. He said, God will love me if I just do this, or God will love me if I don't do this. Uh, for many people in our churches for many years who were closeted LGBT people, people identifying that way, um, have felt that kind of hiddenness and shame. If I only uh, don't do this, if I only don't go down this road, then God will love me. And I've heard so many stories of people that have said that, that, that they thought God would love them if they didn't, um, they didn't, tell anyone who they really were and and uh, and what was that secret part of their life. And I'm glad to be in a church where people can be open about who they are and, and, and uh, who they love. And that is um, another way that people have put barriers to the good news of Jesus in people's lives. And I think the church will always sort of drift back into this. And it's hard to see it in your own time. It might be easy to see it from many, many years ago when churches were promoting and justifying slavery and say, how could they do that? How could they be so cruel to their neighbors? How could they be so callous to the suffering around them? And the church must always ask ourselves that question. How are we in contributing to the suffering of the world rather than showing that Jesus, the good news in Jesus Christ means that all are equal in the gospel, that all ground is level at the foot of the cross. And that is what he says, that he is, he is um, not that he has already reached the goal. He presses on to make it his own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. 
to know that you belong to Jesus should change the way we live. It should change the way we look at our fears, at our hopes, at our dreams. It should change the way we look at what we have. It should change everything. Because that is what it did for Paul, writing from a prison cell, from the four walls of his freedom, writing to his beloved church in Philippi, saying, you've got this. You can do it. Jesus did it. If Jesus did it, you can do it. And so as we begin Lent, we think, um, maybe not what would Jesus do, but who was Jesus? And who is Jesus in my life? Does he re- do I really believe that he loves me? And can I ask God to show me that? I think it's okay to ask God to show us God's love and to say, I need a word from you. I need to know that I'm loved by you, O God. And I believe that God answers those prayers. Maybe not right away, but certainly um, I don't think 40 days is too much to ask um, of those kinds of messages from God. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us and grant us thy salvation. Endue thy ministers with righteousness and make thy chosen people joyful. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in thee can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under thy care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let thy way be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with thy Holy Spirit. Pray a colic for peace, especially for our world, especially for Ukraine and those who live there. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And page 58. Lord Jesus Christ, who did stretch out thine arms of love on the hard wood of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of thy saving embrace, so clothe us in thy spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know thee to the knowledge and love of thee, for the honor of thy name. Amen.